0: The decisions you make in your health choices can truly reflect the current and future course of your life. Welcome to Wise Chats, Simple Talk, Profound Wisdom, with your host, Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook. Our show will bring leading-edge expertise to deep challenges faced by individuals and humanity. We'll draw on ancient wisdom as well as the latest research from our diverse guests. Now, here is Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook.
1: Welcome to our show today. We're very pleased to have you join us. Uh, I'm located here in North Carolina, and I have a very special guest with me today, who's Steve Bierman and his buddy, Swami. So I'd like to welcome you to the show, Steve, and uh, let you sign in and say a few opening remarks.
2: Thanks so much, Mary Jo. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to be on the show. And uh, I don't know how much folks know about what my work and mission is, but primarily it resonates with yours in that uh, through comedy and through um, some of the serious stuff I've done, uh, I'm looking to uh, move forward what I've been calling an evolutionary upwising, as in people waking up and wising up to... The idea that uh, we're all in this together, that we're all cells in the same body of humanity, and that uh, we have the resource, um, we have the wherewithal to actually uh, support everyone on the planet. Now, what we need is the aware withal. We have to be aware of this, and uh, I love using humor because it's a way of tickling people and uh, raising energy levels and. Opening people up to new ideas, which is what you're doing.
1: Well, I'm I'm so pleased you could join me on this show. Steve and I have uh, been in the same circuits for a number of years now, and I've was very impressed with his work. And at different times, when I would listen to him, different aspects would resonate deep within my soul. And so, in the last couple of uh, year or so, we've teamed up on a number of opportunities, and I really wanted him to talk about his um, story and journey in combining both the serious aspects of life with the fun and laughter of life, because it's through the alchemy of laughter that um, our humor can transform our well-being, both physically, emotionally mentally and spiritually. And so, uh, Steve, how about saying a few words on how you got started on this journey? Well, you know, if I had to go way back to the
2: beginning, at least in this lifetime, I have to say that I'm actually on the planet because of the joke. Uh, During World War II, before I was born, my dad was in the army And uh, he was home on leave, and he was a wonderful jokester. He had a great sense of humor. He was not a professional. Uh, But anyway, he was fooling around. He was home on leave. And somebody mentioned putting their foot in their mouth, and my dad actually put his foot in his mouth, and he ended up dislocating his hip. And while he was in the hospital recovering, his outfit shipped out to the Battle of the Bulge, and very few of them returned. So I would have just been kind of our family mythology, that I am here because of a joke, and I take that very seriously. So, I've always been exposed to humor as a kid. My dad's humor uh, tended, to be, tended to not harm people, tended to be good-natured, tended to be playful, and I think I, I learned uh, something from a master. And uh, I, you know, somebody asked me the other day, what was the first joke that you could remember uh, or the first time you made people laugh. And I remember uh, it was in, uh, I don't know, maybe I was in the second or third grade. And uh, how many people remember school lunches? They were just awful. And so I'm carrying my uh, green jello, right? And it's shaking. And I'm shaking it. And I get to the lunch table where there's some other kids. And I have this green jello shaking. And I say, It looks like a Martian that needs to go to the bathroom. And, (laughs) (laughs) you know, hey, third grade, that ain't bad. And it made this one kid laugh so hard that milk came out of his nose. And and apparently that's a sign from God that you're chosen for that, uh, for that path. (laughs) So I've always, I've always had humor. I've always used it. I had it, uh, I started out as a, as a teacher, high school and university. Uh, ended up having a big life change, uh, and in the course of this life change is when I discovered that humor was a gift that I was seriously here to, uh, to help share. And for the last, um, 25 years or so, I've been on the road, uh, well, not full time, but I've been traveling quite a bit, uh, sharing my Swami Beyond Ananda character. And also, um, Helping people develop their own humorous eye, and helping people to uh, cultivate the art of humor, um, to learn how how to bring it forward. Again, not uh, you know, this is not about trying to be funny because, as we know, trying can be very trying. So it's not. Uh, it's really about creating the space for humor to show up, and it's really about being open and about. Immersing yourself in humor, and so that um, it becomes second nature for you, and then you don't have to think and you don't have to work.
1: Well, a couple of things you just commented on really uh, trigger what's very important to me. Uh, when you described that humor is really a gift, and it's something that is given to us to help us in our lives and when you made the comment creating space being open that that's really what we have been talking about for the last couple of shows and looking at spirituality in our life because spirituality is being open to um, receive inspiration and follow the guidance that comes in and I also liked when you said that humor is something that's playful and not harming another, because I personally don't respond to humor that puts other people down, but is humor that is really uh, genuine laughter. And I have experienced that often being in your presence and following your work. And uh, I, I really appreciate that. So would you like to uh, invite Swami to come in and say a few words?
2: Sure. Hold on. He's been floating around here. Hold on, hold on. Here he comes. Wow, that's great to be here wherever we are. And I have to say something. I think it's very, very important that laughter heal the heart and free the mind. I think it's very, very important that it do no harm, and instead it be harmonious. In other words, it brings... It brings three things. When we have laughter, we've got, first we have the ha-ha. Yes, that is the laughter. Then there is an insight, an awakening, in the weight of the laughter. That's the aha. And then laughter takes us out of our brains and puts us squarely in our heart, and that part is ah. So the mantra, ha-ha, aha, aha," (laughs) ah. You see? And that is why. That is the kind of laughter that I think we need to have more of. There are people out there who who use humor as kind of a weapon. And uh, I, I, I would say that humor can be seen as a weapon of mass deconstruction. And there are many obsolete ideas that have outlived their uselessness that could afford to be deconstructed. But I think the best humor deconstructs obsolete concepts and leaves people standing. And laughing and smiling.
1: Well spoken. Laughing, smiling, and standing uh, couldn't be a more perfect combination. So how did you team up with your friend, Steve? Where did the two of you get together?
2: Well, he, he was telling the story. He would say that he got struck by enlightening during a brainstorm. Now, I've had, uh, of course, I've been around for a long, 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 long time. And I realized at some point that in order to physically get from here to there, this was before the internet that I needed to find somebody and I needed to find somebody, so somebody <laughs> with a body, somebody with a mind. I, uh, I came to, to Steve and I invited him to come and play. And the rest is mystery. We embarked <laughs> upon a tour, um, beginning in 1987. And, uh, We've traveled all over the world. I've been to many, many, many places. Every year I go to the Ascended Master Result Tournament, you know, which is a have you been there? This uh, year this year boot, no, boot, I got a wholeness of oneness. It was very, very powerful. But anyway, I travel all over the place, sometimes with tea, sometimes to other dimensions, sometimes to parallel universes. And uh, it has been a fabulous journey. And I get the nourishment of seeing people wholeheartedly laugh. This is this is what nourishes me.
1: Oh, that's really good. I I think I heard that you have a laughter class coming up soon. Is that true?
2: Well, what I'm doing is this. Um, this is uh, Steve, and I are doing something very very exciting. Um, I have, a, we've created something called a course in laughter. And this is a, we've done it as a, uh, as a six or eight week course, but we have all of the recordings of it and all of the ebooks and everything all boiled down so that people could take the course at their leisure. And then we have a one hour call, which is a coaching call so people can learn to humorize their message and using their sense of humor to communicate with people and bring people closer and then um you know and then they can have the distinctions they can ask questions and of course if they ask the swami an answerable question they will certainly get a questionable answer
1: <laughs> that's a good one how do people find out about this swami
2: Well, they can send an email to info at wakeuplassing.com, and we will tell them all about it.
1: Ah, that sounds really good. I know firsthand that your being around you and Steve is really um, filled with many good times together. And uh, I know people will really, really enjoy that. So in a little bit, let's see if Steve wants to say anything else before we take our break in about 15 seconds here.
2: Oh, hi, I'm Steve. i got about 15 seconds to say something. Yes, come to uh, Wake Up Laughing is the website. Info at Wake Up Laughing is how you reach us. And, of course, you know, it's funny. We we just did our first Skype uh, show. It was a conference in New York. It wasn't time to fly me there. And so uh, for a lot less money, uh, they were able to get uh, the Swami to perform and present at their banquet via Skype. So that's one of the latest ways that I've been able to travel without going anywhere.
1: <laughs> travel without <laughs> going anywhere, all right. Swami's
2: going places, but he's, not, <laughs> but he's staying in the same place while he's going there. <laughs> we're filled with paradox. This whole thing is filled with paradox.
1: <laughs> we sure are. Well, if I we were a doctor,
2: to- if I were a PhD, the two of us, we'd be a paradox. <laughs>
1: That's a good one. Well, we're going to take a break here in a few minutes, and when you come back, if uh, I'd like to hear a little bit about uh, that uh, book you did on on uh, with uh, Bruce Lipton, and so if. Uh, when we return from our break, if you can share a few words about that and how it inspired you and uh made uh set your life on perhaps uh an expanded course. So uh and then we'll tune in and have a few more laughs. Thanks, Mary Jo. Okay.
3: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness.
0: Visit the Energy Medicine Partnerships website at www.energymedicinepartnerships.com for workshops, classes, and special events promoting health and healing. These holistic programs are available for both health professionals and lay individuals. Water Lily Press, NC provides the teaching materials for these programs, and you can find a link to Water Lily Press, NC when you visit EnergyMedicinePartnerships.com. While you're on the site, you may also check out Akamai University's distant education programs, where Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook is director of the Complementary Therapies programs. Akamai University offers postgraduate diploma clinical education programs, preparing clinicians, practitioners, and specialists in complementary therapies, as well as both master's and doctoral education in complementary therapies. For more information about Akamai University, visit akamaiuniversity.us. That's A-K-A-M-A-I university.us. And for more information about Energy Medicine Partnerships, visit
4: energymedicinepartnerships.com. We all want peace. We all desire a more meaningful life.
3: This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
0: This is Wise Chats, simple talk, profound wisdom. To reach Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook or today's guest, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Mary Jo at EnergyMedicinePartnerships dot com. Now back to Wise Chats.
1: Steve, uh, I wanted to ask you to uh, talk a little bit about your book, Spontaneous Evolution, with Bruce Lipton. When um, I read that section, as you addressed the healthcare system. And perhaps non-system, I found there were many profound ideas that really opened my eyes. And so, if you'd like to say a few words about that work, uh, I know our audience would really enjoy hearing it.
2: Thanks, Mary Jo. Uh, you know, I met Bruce Lipton, and I, I bet you that many people are familiar with Bruce. Uh, are, are you? Did you have him on your show? Are you going to have him on your show? I seem to I'd remember I'd love to. That. Yeah, he's a uh, Bruce Lipton is a brilliant cellular biologist, he's a -a one-of-a-kind thinker, uh, a great visionary, and I met him about uh, eight years ago, and we began a conversation, and the conversation developed into this book called Spontaneous Evolution, Our Positive Future and a Way to Get There from Here, and it's a book that weaves together Bruce's uh, background in cellular and evolutionary biology. Uh, we bring in the domains of quantum physics and some of the other new sciences. Uh, For my end, since my background is in political science, although, to be honest with you, I never actually did get to dissect a politician, even though I really wanted to. <laughs> um, uh, I bring in the uh, political science and economics and sociology and spirituality and so on, and we weave all of these ideas together into a narrative that suggests that where we are right now is on the cusp of a tremendous evolution. Bruce, uh, Bruce's mantra is that crisis precipitates evolution. and If we look at the multiplicity of crises we are experiencing right now, uh, we see that the chances of precipitation are 100%. And so in this time, um, one of the key points that we make in the book is that this evolutionary transition is a lot uh, like the caterpillar's um, transformation into a butterfly. And we are right now in the chrysalis. And the caterpillar um, is falling apart. The caterpillar society... You know, the caterpillar actually consumes... 26,000 times its own weight in the course of its lifetime. And so we are now exiting from a non-sustainable um, consumer society to a more uh, sustainable and more elegant uh, butterfly society. The, You know, the new cells in the butterfly are called the imaginal cells. And uh, these imaginal cells in our human culture are the people who have had the vision of what the world could be like, and now we are beginning to weave this vision together. And uh, to put in a plug here, the most exciting thing I'm involved with right now is something called the evolutionary upwising. And again, if you contact me, info at wakeuplaughing.com, I can tell you more about that. So we have this evolution taking place, and the evolution in terms of our human awareness and understanding is recognizing that everything is related and we're all cells in the same body superorganism called humanity. So the way it relates to the healthcare system, or as we call it in the book, the unhealthy, uncaring system, is that over the in our lifetimes, and certainly since the beginning of the last century, we have been on we are our so called civilization has been on track to deify, to make God, to make king, the three M's, money, materialism, and the machine. And so in the absence of the sacred, you know, I have to I have to say, Mary Jo, that when uh, my wife Trudy and I were uh, staying with you last fall, uh, we came upon some incredibly brilliant books written about the aboriginal people, and there were some tremendous insights about what these people understood about the connection between life. And in our civilization, we've made great advances, but we've gotten very, 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 very far away from these connections with nature. And so uh, we have a medical system that's decided that it's smarter than nature, and we'll try to denature certain substances and make medicines out of them. And uh, the medicines have side effects, which are actually front and back effects as well. And we have a medical system that is run by and for the drug companies and those people who make money from people's illnesses. And that's a very very harsh uh, assessment. But, but both Bruce and I, in our research, uh, we uncovered a very interesting fact, that depending on whether you... Um, Uh, use the uh, American Medical Association's statistics, or whether you use uh, Gary Knoll statistics, Gary Knoll wrote a book called Death by Medicine, uh, that medicine itself is either the number three or the number one killer in the United States, that something called iatrogenic illness, which is illness that is, and either caused by treatment or caused by hospitalization is, or or caused by the wrong combinations of drugs, is either the number one or the number three cause of death. Now, there are those who would say, and I can certainly understand this, that the uh, advances in modern medicine over the past hundred years or so have extended our lifespan, uh, and many people who uh, essentially have been kept alive by... um, modern medical intervention, you know, would have, you know, they would have died long ago had it not been for intervention. So I'm not saying that the intervention is never, uh, never appropriate. However, we have a medical system that is run so that those expensive interventions can take place, and we don't seem to know how to get off that wheel. The second part of the section that Bruce and I wrote on, on the healthcare system, we call... Self health movement, like self help, self health movement, and because uh, you know our physical well-being is something that's really hit home. Really hits home uh, for the past thirty or forty years, we have seen a tremendous increase in the use of these alternative therapies, uh, ranging from Ayurvedic medicine to Chinese medicine. To other forms of energetic medicine, herbology, homeopathy, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, and so forth. And this is in spite of the massive campaign on the part of the medical industry to uh, debunk, uh, to disempower, and to uh, diffuse inaccurate information about these alternatives. People are doing them; they're following them; they're choosing them because. Uh, they've seen the limitations of, of modern medicine. So this is an area where there's a great frontier. There's a, in a way, that there, there's a united front between libertarian conservatives and progressive, green-oriented people to uh, preserve our right to, for example, have genetically modified foods labeled, at the very least, and also to uh, give us much more free choice and end the, uh, the medical establishment monopoly on health care, or really what it is, is, disease care.
1: Well, Steve, what you're pointing out to me is really very significant, and it follows up on uh, the presenters we had last week from Voice for Hope, where they were looking at uh, how we need to orient the uh our congressional leaders to move in a new direction to find ways on how we can work with uh, natural ways to improve our health and this takes me back to the power of laughter and i have found laughter produces physical changes in the body that alter the stress patterns that are there and it's something that's very easy to tap into and to make a difference in our life. And this is one of the reasons why I love the combination between your analysis of uh, what are some of the things that are wrong and how we need to move into a butterfly state, come out of the cocoon of oppression and some of the heaviness that have uh, affected our lives and move into the lightness. And uh, I bet Swami has something to say about this topic as
2: well well let me tell you this. first of all laughter is medicine i agree it's medicine but not but not just in the physical sense it is medicine in the native american sense of medicine has a way of uh essentially transforming how we think um and giving us a spiritual emotional and mental healing as well so i will tell the true story okay This is something that happened uh, more than 50 years ago. It was during the Cuban Missile Crisis. Americans uh, and Soviet delegates were meeting to discuss the possibility of trade between the two countries. And, of course, when news of the missile crisis hit, which was the closest we've come so far to blowing ourselves with smithereens, of course, everything stopped and there was a lot of tension in the room. And finally, one of the Soviet delegates, he kind of timidly raised his hand. He said, I suggest we each go around and tell a joke. And he volunteered to start. And his joke was, what is the difference between capitalism and communism? In capitalism, man exploits men. In communism, it's the other way around. Mm. And, of course, everybody burst out laughing because this was a healing joke. You know, the word healing... The origin of the word healing, it means to restore wholeness. And this joke, restored wholeness, it brought us back to the whole picture, that we are all, just in spite of the beliefs that separate us in our heads, we have the love that connects us in our hearts. We need to leave the static of the head for the ecstatic of the heart, because the more we expand our hearts, the less we're going to need to shrink our heads, okay? so. Oh, wow. A joke like that had the power to bring these people together. They laughed, and in the wake of that laughter, they were able to continue their business. So when you're talking about uh, Jim Turner and Denise Premshack and the work that they are doing, Jim Turner wrote a book on transpartisan politics. And right now, we have a deeply divided body politic in America. Half the population believes our elections are broken, and the other half believe that they're fixed. And So we've been divided into two political tribes, the Red Tribe Republicans, Blue Tribe Democrats, spending all of their energy arguing about whether it's worse to kill the born or the unborn. Meanwhile, the Commonwealth has been hijacked by a small percentage of the uncommonly wealthy. Okay? So what we need to do, as as Jim would tell you, we need to bring Red Tribe and Blue Tribe together to sit in sacred circles. And talk until they are purple in the face, because <laughs> okay. only by standing together as one purple people will the peeps outnumber the perps.
1: Wow! You said it. You said it. That's that's uh, amazing.
2: I couldn't help but say it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't help myself. I. Uh, you no know, i got i i definitely been channeling all kinds of information lately
1: the uh well we're here and ready to take a short break again so let me put us on the pause button and see what they have to say. We'll be back
2: okay my pause I'm on my pause now
1: okay thanks.
3: visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel.
0: Visit the Energy Medicine Partnerships website at www.energymedicinepartnerships.com for workshops, classes, and special events promoting health and healing. These holistic programs are available for both health professionals and lay individuals. Water Lily Press NC provides the teaching materials for these programs, and you can find a link to Water Lily Press NC when you visit Energy Medicine Partnerships.com. While you're on the site, you may also check out Akamai University's Distant Education programs, where Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook is director of the Complementary Therapies programs. Akamai University offers postgraduate diploma, clinical education programs, preparing clinicians, practitioners, and specialists in complementary therapies, as well as both masters and doctoral education in complementary therapies. For more information about Akamai University, visit akamaiuniversity.us. That's a k a m a i university.us. And for more information about Energy Medicine Partnerships, visit energymedicinepartnerships.com.
3: The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history?
0: This is Wise Chats, Simple Talk, Profound Wisdom. To reach Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook or today's guest, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Mary Joe at energymedicinepartnerships.com. Now, back to Wise Chats.
1: You know, Steve, uh, I've been reflecting on one of the opening pieces that you said, that you were inspired by your dad. And uh, I'd like to explore that topic a little bit more, how parents can work with their children to have uh, values that uh, will help them in their lives. You know, so often we can get caught up in the task that we need to do, make sure there's enough food and shelter, et cetera, et cetera, and yet dealing with the topic of inspiring our children, helping them to have the values that are important to us. That's what I heard kind of launched you on your path because uh, your dad set a good example. Is there anything else you would like to comment about that?
2: Yeah, I, I really appreciate that you brought that up, because it's a new topic for me. You know, I mean, of course, my parents weren't perfect, and, you know, they were, you know, uh, I, I, I do tell people I spent my deformative years in, uh, in New York City. Um, but one thing that's, that's so, you know, we part of uh, one of the afflictions that we have um, is everything has become about money. Money has become the most important thing. And, uh, you know, a number of years ago, a friend of mine retired from the military and she was looking for a job. And there was a company and she applied for the job. And then she found out that this was a company that was uh, spreading false propaganda on our behalf uh, during the uh, Iraq War. And she declined to accept the job. And all of her friends said, What's the matter with you? Are you crazy? If you don't do the job, somebody else will. And I realized that in my family, uh, we learned integrity, um, the integrity of actually having values beyond money. Um, and um, I realized that this is true of my brother and it's true of me that we have always had that um, a certain level of... Um, Congruence um, you know between the principles that we are that we grew up with and 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 how we live uh, in the world and there's so many influences nowadays that want to tell people that really you know basically it's a dog eat dog world and you know winners and losers and all of this other stuff and you know I remember uh, uh, while I was studying from my bar mitzvah. I was 12 years old and going to Hebrew school after school three days a week, and I really enjoyed it. And uh, then one day something happened, and the teacher said something about the fact that we should only associate with our own kind. You know, I lived in a housing project, and there a little gang of kids. There a couple of Jewish kids, a few black kids, uh, you know, Italian, Catholic, uh, white, Protestant, uh, and... And so I stood up in the class and I said, that's not what I learned in my family. And, uh, I could see the teacher went into the state of embarrassment because she recognized that, uh, she, w- she really was skating on thin ice and she tried to backtrack. And at that, that was the point for me where I went, um, there's got to be something bigger than, um, these, Religious tribes, but I think it was my my parents, particularly my dad, um, who set me on that path because he he really didn't care whether somebody was black or white or Jewish or this or that. He really didn't care. You you have people who say they don't care, and they may demonstrate it differently, but in in all of his demonstrations. He was neutral about that, and so it really allowed me to uh, make the statements as as a 12-year-old, educate everybody else in the room, and, um, you know, draw a boundary that the teacher realized that she had crossed.
1: That's really important, what you're sharing, because no matter what age a person is to stand up for what they believe in, this is part of what we're attempting to do to empower people to connect with their spiritual values and to understand what is right for them. And I had a similar experience that you had in growing up in that uh, the religion that I was raised in, our uh, spiritual leaders said something similar that we needed to primarily focus on the values that we had. And then I moved to another part of the country, and all at once, the key group of people who were the predominant group had changed to a different religion. And I started observing because I worked as a psychotherapist and a healer. I worked with people in their value orientations. And then when I moved again, I was... In another religious orientation, and I began to understand that the values of people we need to find a way how to come to e- come together, how to talk to each other, and how to have a common uh base of uh communication and that's why I think humor is an an important tool and resource that we have in our lives because it can transcend some artificial boundaries that are created and ideologies that say this is a way things need to be done in uh, to open up the world in a in a different perspective and so I I appreciate your bringing that up and um, Swami what would you like to say about this?
2: Well, you know, the great comedian, Victor Borga, he said that laughter is the shortest distance between two people. (laughs) And and, uh, when you have a fully open clown chakra, then you don't need to have language. People recognize that the glowing nose right in front of your face, they see that you have a clown chakra is open, and it makes them smile. You know, I... uh, uh, every, every, uh, July now, we go to the Oregon Country Fair, we present at the Oregon Country Fair in Eugene, Oregon. And for the past number of years, one of the other presenters is Patch Adams. And so I, I've known him many, many years, but, uh, Patch, uh, takes people on clowning journeys. He goes to refugee camps, he goes, he's been to the Soviet Union, he's been to China, he's been everywhere. And, um... Th- the clowning that he teaches transcends language. If you show up wearing these big shoes and a clown wig and so on, uh, you don't need language. People will relate to it. And so a lot of the work that is being done that way moves us past language to the language to the connection that we have in the heart. You know, it's interesting that the term hearty, hearty laughter, um, Laughter causes breathing, and as we know, breathing is the key to long life, right? Um, Right. Laughter causes us to breathe, and what that does is it brings more oxygen to the brain. It brings more oxygen to the the frontal lobes of the brain. It actually makes us more creative. It gives us more creative resources because you know we we now live in a very fear oriented um so called civilization you know we're we're now looking at um, you know starting or or actually jumping into a war in Syria um, killing people etc cetera, etc cetera, et cetera, in in the insane guys that we're doing at to keep peace we have a totally disconnected um, Governance that's disconnected from the will of the people. Um, we have all of these all of these things, and the power of humor. And that's why I think that the most powerful political education is going on through John Stewart's Daily Show, uh, Stephen Colbert's Colbert Report, because it is allowing people to recognize. Um, the insanity, and then giving a wholehearted, laughing way of looking at the insanity that takes people from these belief structures that are obsolete, puts them in the heart. And what's interesting is it takes people on all sides looking at the same issue and recognizing that we're all in it together. The issue is out there. We have a lot more in common, even if we disagree on, uh, you know, even if we're part of, uh, you know, the red tribe or the blue tribe or the this tribe or that tribe. Um, Laughter, if it's done right, is a way of bringing people together, and I certainly look forward to doing more um, transpartisan events where we laugh at ourselves, we laugh at our own, you know, political foibles, we laugh at our own personal foibles, And uh, the Swami would call that self-facing laughter, laughing in the face of our own pattern and doing it in a wholehearted way, because the Swami says, life is a joke, but God is laughing with us, not at us.
1: (laughs) Well said. Okay, we're going to take our break now.
3: The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change.
0: Visit the Energy Medicine Partnerships website at www.energymedicinepartnerships.com for workshops, classes, and special events promoting health and healing. These holistic programs are available for both health professionals and lay individuals. Water Lily Press NC provides the teaching materials for these programs, and you can find a link to Water Lily Press NC when you visit energymedicinepartnerships.com. While you're on the site, you may also check out Akamai University's Distant Education Programs, where Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook is Director of the Complementary Therapies Programs. Akamai University offers postgraduate diploma clinical education programs preparing clinicians, practitioners, and specialists in complementary therapies, as well as both Master's and Doctoral Education in Complementary Therapies. For more information about Akamai University, visit akamaiuniversity.us. That's A-K-A-M-A-I-University.us. And for more information about Energy Medicine Partnerships, visit energymedicinepartnerships.com.
4: Are you interested in finding out more about divine guidance? We all possess special gifts in this world, and sometimes finding out more about them and how to use them can help us get through some of the difficult parts of our lives. Tune in to Elemental Balance, Soul and Spirit Guidance with host Phyllis Valois. Phyllis is an intuitive and medium who will use her gifts to help you find out more about your gifts. Listen every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. The
3: 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network.
0: This is Wise Chats, Simple Talk, Profound Wisdom. To reach Dr. Mary Jo Bulbrook or today's guest, please call us at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to Mary Joe at energymedicinepartnerships.com. Now, back to Wise Chats.
1: Well you certainly have hit the nail on the head with your comments, Stephen Swami, and one of the things that I usually do with each one of the shows is uh, bring forward some affirmations that we can focus on. And I'd like to add this one in titled Humor Heals Laughter Heals Body, Emotion, Mind and Spirit spend time each day with this as your goal and you will not be sorry the affirmation is I replenish body emotion mind and spirit with laughter and joy and I was struck by when you made your uh, closing comments that uh, how we end our day really is a very important process particularly when we enter into sleep, which can be an extended period of time. So that if we end our day with news that is very frightening and focus on what all of the problems are, we are perpetuating that energy. Where if we end our day noticing, yes, there are some difficult times and reconnect with our spiritual base and say, We're working to find solutions that will help us heal and move to a different place in our lives. And this is what I think we want to um, include, the power of what humor can do to help us move into a new place. So we're getting close to uh, the end of our show here. And I'd like to invite both uh, Steve and Swami to address any um, additional pieces you'd like to share in whatever direction you'd like to comment on.
2: Well, thanks, Mary Jo. You just brought something. There's been so many things that you brought up. You know, I'll ask something I'd like to comment on, but just something that you just said, how to end the day. You know, um, we are so used to, uh, you know, we we are fortunate where we all have got, the, you know, many, many channels to choose from. The way that we end our day most days if we are, you know, assuming that we're it's a day that we have that we're watching T V, we sometimes uh we watch the dog whisperer, we love the dog whisperer in some various other shows. But the last thing that we watch, generally it's Seinfeld, you know, and you know, I've seen I probably I've seen most of the Seinfeld episodes more than once. There's something about it. There's something about that particular formula, that particular magic. That's how we, we, we go out on a high breath. You know, we, we end the day with a laugh. I don't watch the Daily Show as the last thing because, you know, again, uh, if that is humor that's dealing with some very, very dark stuff, um, and uh, I'll, I'll watch that like maybe at 8 or 9 o'clock, but not the last thing. So I think it is very important to um, monitor the diet that you're getting, uh, the, the diet in every way. Uh, is it bringing your energy up? Is it bringing your energy down? The people that you're spending time with, when you're done spending time with those people, do you feel diminished or do you feel enlivened? And I think that that's probably one of our choices. You know, again, let's say we want to help people out, and we want to help people who are having a hard time, etc. That's fabulous, and we want to do that. We want to have the energy to spare to be able to do that. At the same time, in your sacred space, in your intimate circle, be aware of what you allow in, because that is where your own nourishment is coming from. So that's the clear boundary, uh, the difference between people that you would socialize with out there and the energies that you would invite into your most intimate space.
1: Thanks, Steve, for, and Swami for sharing your wisdom. Um, there's many things to reflect on and to ponder and to review how we want to live our lives, how we want to end our day. You had wonderful wisdom sharing uh, for us to take note of what we leave in our awareness at the end of our day and spend our sleep period with. And I appreciate very much you and Swami taking the time out of your schedule to come share some serious and some Laughter things and give us insights of what we may need to look at in uh, in our own lives and help make some changes in the world so that we can all move to the butterfly state as the the shell is breaking up and we need to reframe and look at things in a different way and humor offers us some guidelines. Next week, we're going to be dealing with some really significant topics as well. And we invite you to join us is on September 11th in looking at the power of forgiveness. And we have some uh, special information we want to share with you. And so let us know if um, you can join us and if you have any special requests around this topic or any Uh, uh, things you want to add and we're going to leave with you blessings and love to you and all those who are important to you and say bye for now and look forward to connecting with you again next week for some more Wise Chats.
0: Thanks again for being a part of Wise Chats. Please join your host, Dr. Mary Jo Bolbrook, again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on The Voice America's 7th Wave Channel. We hope that you have a great week.